You're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're chatting with James Chong, the founder of Rolling Books, with a very special mission of spreading the joy of reading to underprivileged children in our community. I'm really happy to see you again, James. Thank you so much for, for joining us this afternoon. Hi, it's nice to see you again. Yes. It's, especially, it's before Christmas time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just uh, by way of introduction, um, James has uh, published a, a new book, a new picture book, along with Dawning Lung, the CEO of Audio Description Association, who we've had on the program before. And their mission was to create an inclusive book with audio description so that blind children uh, can also enjoy. And James can perhaps tell us a little bit more about it. This book is very special because it was the 2019 winning project of the 2019 NGO Leadership Program, which was organized by the Chinese University of Hong Kong and also sponsored by Operation Santa Claus and UBS. So we're excited to, to hear all about it, James. Yes. Uh, before we talk about the book, let's talk about Rolling Books, right. which you founded in 2018. Right. For some of our listeners who haven't heard about the work you do there, what is Rolling Books? How did this idea come to you? All right. Um it's great that you can remember the year that we started to uh, roll in books. It was just it's the great. year. It was so new, I remember, at yes, the leadership yes, program. Yes. Yes. I myself am not very new. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been in the industry, in the book industry, you know, for, for many years already. And um, I think um, back into the 2018, I've, uh, I had this idea. Uh, um, I want to keep promote the reading experience because I, uh, around about 18 years ago, I, I had this um, bookshop in Causeway Bay and it was like we call it an upstairs bookshop and uh, it was really tiny you know you know can you imagine a bookshop 18 years ago <laughs> and um, I think we did some fascinating um, ideas to run a bookshop because like back in those days you couldn't imagine you know a bookshop can um, run many activities and many talks and seminars and events and we even did concerts in that little bookshops and, and exhibitions Yeah, but there's nothing new right now and everyone's doing that but and back 18 years ago that's really quite a pioneering <laughs> alright yeah I, I hope I hope so <laughs> and I think it was like it was too much pioneering and um, way ahead of time I had to close down that bookshop you know it's still the, the book sales wasn't that good at that time and eventually I, I went into many different industries and, and I joined the NGO um, I think about like five six years ago and and somehow in that year, I realized, okay, I, I, I can, you know, go back and do something about books and um, my passion to promote books are still there. And um, I thought, how, how, how about I start in like a social enterprise and to promote reading experience, especially because like I was in NGO, I know a lot about the underprivileged communities in Hong Kong. And I realized, okay, I can combine my you know, past experience about like promotion, promotion of reading. You know, it was like about bookshops before. But um, with this new perspective, I realized I can, you know, engage the underprivileged communities more by maybe, you know, performing like a picture books on stage or maybe we try to interact more with the children um, from the um, underprivileged communities as well as like bringing books to them. Like, like we talk about many about reading accessibilities. So what Rolling Books does is about 
like we we bring different books to to the children we engage them how to do reading we do storytelling with them we train um the parents um to do storytelling with them and and etc so we have a, a, a wide variety of programs in in order to to promote reading Again, especially, you can imagine that we, we we were just talking about all these digital screens on cell phones, and it, it's it's a challenge um, to compete against all these digital screens. But at the same time, I think it's feel still very um, important that we do this. Yeah, what did you learn from your experience in working in uh, NGOs and the underprivileged sector? All right, it was like a great few years for me um, to to see the underprivileged communities in in a variety of like perspective. Like, um, not only there are many NGOs who does like direct service, but there are also NGOs which goes into the um, the advocacy, you know, of some of like the the policy matters which can influence the lives of the underprivileged communities. So I think um, in those NGO years, I learned that, okay, when we need to tackle a problem, there are many different angles you can look at. And, and sometimes and you cannot wait for a policy change to, to come into effect. You still t- it takes a long time. But the idea about like, um, having a social enterprise to work on it is while you are you know, fighting for the advocacy change, you try to do something Some at the same measures. time. Yes, yes. And, and and so that and the, the the underprivileged communities doesn't have to wait, you know, for a long time to to get the resource. So I think that's what I learned from from those years. Yeah, James, who are some of the um, underprivileged uh, communities that you've worked with? I know you work with some refugee communities. All right. Yes, and uh, it was like fascinating for for us to. At the beginning, um, when we were talking about like uh, serving the um, underprivileged communities, we 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 were focusing on the Chinese community from you know different like maybe a remote areas, but eventually I uh, have the opportunity to to work with an NGO in Shanghai area, and they have a ethnic minority communities and uh, as well as another NGO who who work on the refugees um, community. So. We realize when we talk about reading, right? And um, sometimes many other NGOs are already collecting books and distributing to to Chinese community in a way. But if we come to think of it, okay, maybe there are not um, enough NGOs um, to, we, to, we, which can reach out to the ethnic minorities and even the refugees' uh, families. And one of the policy that thing that I mentioned about is about how the children from the refugee families they do not have direct resource to go to a public library to borrow library books right now. But so you can imagine if we distribute books um, to them, it, it's more effective. I mean, they, they will treasure it more because like, they can go to library to read books, but maybe they do not have access to borrow books to, to, to go home to read themselves. So when we distribute books to them, it means much more to these families than the rest. I can imagine it's life-changing. Imagine just the, 
I mean, most children, in fact, all children love books and being read to, but not being able to bring the books home with them. Um, yes, and, and you're right. Um, refugee families in Hong Kong are amongst the most marginalized. You know, a lot of the families cannot work. Uh, therefore, money is, is, is quite tight, so they won't be able to afford these resources. Um, the special thing with rolling books is, um, for, for some of our <laughs> listeners who may not be familiar, um, James and his team have actually built wooden carts um, um, on <laughs> wheels, <laughs> uh, rolling the books to these communities. What are some of the reactions when these children, um, when, when, when you used to roll the, the books along to, right. to, to, to events, what do they say? It was, it was actually a, a funny story. I mean, um, at the beginning when I started rolling books, I imagined, or at least what I wrote in the proposal, it was like um, putting books in a van, in a mobile van. <laughs> So not go. a wooden cart. Exactly. <laughs> Original, it was a van. But um, the learning from doing that van is like, um, because like I, I cannot afford to buy a van yet. And um, I actually, we, we go to these like um, van rental houses to rent uh, the, the minivan, you know, for a short time basis. That means we can only do, you know, minor decorations every time we go out. Because you have to return the van afterwards. Exactly. Oh. And that means... Um, no matter how hard we try, it, the van, the minivan is is still like a minivan. It it, it doesn't like um, come you know, transform into something really fascinating. So originally, the idea of like this mobile van go into different schools and community, it it weren't. It, it wasn't so popular because like oh, people look at the car oh this is just a van with books and it, it's not something that we would enjoy <laughs> and eventually oh we really relent from that experience we think okay we'll we even we, because we, we cannot you know decorate that van very much but um, how about you know we, we we find a designer a local designer to build a wooden cart where we can you know uh, use that wooden cart because like that wooden cart is a designer item we can make it more fascinating and um, there's something yeah. appealing and quite exactly. cute about yes. a wooden cart with the arms and the <laughs> yeah exactly it's very very good like um, because like we can like open up the wooden cart like you know a, a, a pair of like welcoming arms yes. and to welcome the children and families to come into the area to do reading so we take this wooden cart to go to different markets or maybe schools or maybe some carnivals where like um, we, we can reach out to more families and children you know even though they are just doing exercise or maybe you know doing market shopping you know next door I mean I think, I think it is a very good intervention uh, and you can bring the wooden cart or maybe the reading experience to places where people normally would not expect to have reading. You know, reading might be for libraries or coffee shop or you cannot imagine, you know, in an open area, as long as you've got a wooden cart there, you've got some cushions there, <laughs> children will come to pick up books themselves. You don't have to teach them It's about like a playground that. with books for them. Yes, yes, yeah. that's right. And I think with that transformation, uh, um, it will it will remind us more. I mean, I mean, how to engage the children and community into reading. Um, even s sometimes we say Hong Kong like it's a, it's a city with not, not that much of reading, but I think uh, we as part is as a little social enterprise. We can be part of a movement. We can promote reading in in tiny little places like that, and and it can influence like more people to to do reading promotion in their events or you know maybe in in, in another shops so that 
all all these together can build up a, a more inclusive reading environment for all. Absolutely, James. And I should imagine just promoting reading for pleasure for the children as well, because I imagine the children they may read a lot for school textbooks and 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 stuff, but not really reading for pleasure for the enjoyment and just being able to sit down with a good book is really pleasurable uh, thing. Um, and also just to change the culture a little bit. I think growing up, maybe our parents didn't really read to us, or maybe they don't have time to read to us. The same for for some of these families as well. Maybe their their parents are too busy to sit down to read with them. But with events like yours, mm. then it kind of forces the parents to 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 enjoy the books with the children. Yes, yes, exactly. I think it's about how, even though like reading seems like a a independent. Um, experience when you read books by yourself, but you know, but you can still connect to different reading communities. You know, by sharing, you know, your thoughts about some books, or maybe some parents and children can read together. So what we um, also do is like um, we 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 like to train up. I mean, or maybe we show the parents the skills of storytelling or co-reading. You know, when they when they do it at home. I think especially uh, during the time of the COVID nineteen. Um, it was like it was fairly important that we have that kind of intervention. Um, we can encourage the, the parents and children to collect books and and do reading at that time. And especially during the the COVID time, you can imagine uh, we look at digital screens so much. Yes. And uh, maybe many years Zoom ago, exactly, and, <laughs> and shopping and anything you do it online. And and maybe a few years ago, many people talk about like um, whether ebook will replace physical books but you know after the covid actually and the sales for regular books are actually doing better <laughs> yes it's, it's returning because uh, we miss the idea or the opportunity to read books offline yes. <laughs> unplugged unplugged yes. <laughs> yes and it's it's very good that reading um not only you know give you knowledge or give you connection to to other children or families or uh, other friends it it also means you learn to be able to um to 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 be to be yourself to be independent to be solitude you you need some quiet times you you need some me time okay and of course like there are many other interventional programs out there which cost you a lot you know for you to to have like a, a peaceful well-being but if you look at it, reading is the easiest and the and least free. expensive yes, yes. And, and even free. You know, if you just spend time with books, this is a perfect time for you to build up your your well-being or we, maybe resilience. When we talk about um, being locked down in COVID-19, you have to be yourself. And I think that resilience is very important when we talk about reading. And this is what we, we try to tell parents or other people about this. Absolutely. And we've often seen studies saying reading promotes empathy as well exactly. within children. Um, one thing I want to talk about is COVID and the pandemic. Um, James, at Rolling Books, you do a lot of um, a advocacy work, going to schools, promoting stories. How did COVID affect some of your work? I think it did affect a lot because like um we targeted you know at at, at the growing at, at the growing years of rolling books uh, at that time and we we targeted to go into many schools and community centers in, to do some like reading related events like we 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 pick up like um 
some stories from picture books, and we ask like clown actors to to perform on stage. It's so fun. I mean, you know, having a so clown interactive, yes. yeah, sitting in in a school hall, you know, can can make people uh, the children fun about like reading, excited about reading. But eventually, it, that has to stop. Oh, and. But um, also, we look for other opportunities where we can still serve the uh, underprivileged communities. For example, um, because I learned that um, the ethnic minority communities in Hong Kong, especially children, when they go to school to learn Chinese, because of the simple fact that their families might not be able to pick up Chinese. So when they return home, they have no, no one to ask about Chinese and they do not have that. Um, number of hours of speaking in Cantonese, so that when they go return to school, the re- learning progress may be like maybe slower than than the average Chinese uh, children, and and looking at that, so we have this community project where we train up volunteers uh, to to have like weekly storytelling sessions with the ethnic minority children in in Hong Kong, and then. And they they simply you know spend like be half hour, an hour a week, we we do it on on Zoom and um, the children can speak to the Chinese um, volunteers, maybe they can ask some um, about homework, and most importantly the storytellers are trained to do storytelling with them within that one hour or thirty minutes, and I think it is a, v- a great way to connect to the to these families, you know even though in in pandemic and. Uh, and you can still have like a volunteers visiting them, you know, through Zoom, and to to feel connected to them. And very importantly, we we try to have this power of storytelling, and by through the volunteers, they can you know tell them stories. And as you said, it's it's very good to talk, talk about empathy through picture books, and through all these uh, uh, sections of um, meeting every week. That. Um, the volunteers get connected and the ethnic minority communities um, they feel like okay, we, we are part of the community in Hong Kong and we, we fight this together and, and, and the volunteers are very nice and I learned that some of them like after all, um, meeting them for several months they would just go and visit them and have a big feast wow. together it was so nice the, the, they have the, so much heart in this right. yeah that's great um, speaking of empathy I know you, let's talk about your book um, <laughs> it's amazing so in Chinese it's called Hon Bat Gien Tik Lai Mat um, I'll let you translate it James and it's a very special book um, I, I mentioned it in the intro. This book is the 2019 NGO Leadership Program uh, winning project, which was organized by uh, the Chinese University and also sponsored by uh, Operation Santa Claus and UBS. Um, and uh, together with Dawning Lang uh, from uh, Audio Description Association, you have made this book. Congratulations, James. What Thank an achievement. You. Thank you. It's a really special book. Um, tell us about it. Okay, first of all, the book um, can be loosely translated um, as Invisible Gift, yeah, the yes, gift which is not visible yes. in a way. And um, I think, uh, come to think of it, I think the, the competition was about two years ago already, and it seems a very long time. It took us a long time to, to put this book together. Because as I mentioned, Rolling Books does best in the promotion of reading, especially picture books in, in the past few years. But I think at that time when we we were in that NGO leadership course, I've got the opportunity to to meet with like Dr. Donning Learn, um, Audio Description Association, 
I know she has been doing all these nice descriptions, uh, audio descriptions for movies for and movies. TV programs, yeah. and even though outdoor activities, you must have talked to her uh, for several occasions already, and it's very nice. But we realize that for picture books, because picture book is not only about the text, and the pictures are not merely Im- illustrations. It's a combination. It's a it's a it's a very nice combination. It's a poetry combination, you know, between the pictures and the text, so that the children can learn the stories, uh, from 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 the characters in in a way that they can you know get more empathy from these kind of different stories, and so we realize maybe for the blind children they are not able to read, um. Picture books, like we are, even though there are some audio books, but maybe in the past audio books are mainly for text. For the text, yeah, not really for the pictures or what you see on the page. Exactly, and and this combination of us running books and audio description association can put together. I think we we realize it should be the very first like um, audio description um, picture books available in the market. That's amazing, <laughs> you know, and it's two very simple concepts. But you're right, James. It's just never been put together, you know. It's just been very separate audio books and picture books, but yes. nothing has been placed together. That's right. Especially um, when we are when we have this creative team working to this uh, project together. The reason why we took two years. I was going to say it's too simple <laughs> concept, but once you combine them, I'm sure it's so complicated. Exactly. <laughs> um, first of all, the printing we've got to find um, actual paper. And and um, this is a multi-sensory experience. So not only we have audio description in a sound clip, um, we also have this tactile. You know, some animals in in the book. You know, they've got like like um. There's a frog, uh, yeah, and when frog. you touch the frog, he's so soft. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and there are many like other animals, like a sheep. We have, you know, we can f- feel the wool um, from from that sheep, and some snail. You can touch. You know, the, the shell of the snail. So so all these features it takes time um, to to produce them and also um, because like we mentioned it's for the visually impaired blind children and um, so we've got braille um, with the book um, on, on the book printed on the book so you we, we want to see many of these um, multi-sensory experience put together in the book so not only we wish the book to reach the visually impaired children we 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 also realize that a book like this is very good for the general public or maybe the sighted families to read because like it's colorful in a way and even though children from the sighted families can read this book and learn oh they are braille what are they for or, or, or maybe audio description what are they for they will learn the needs for the other communities okay they there are many people who who have different like um challenge or maybe different strength and so we have a book like this we we can let the children learn about the different abilities of different people especially the story about uh, in the book it's about how the animals can to, can learn together in in a little farm uh, where they can find their own strength in provide in, in producing a gift for a farmer, for for the farmer who looks after them, so I think the not only we've got this feature um, to tell about uh, all the needs of other communities, the story itself it's very heartwarming, and you should be able to find many warmth like connection with different characters. So. Uh, it's it's a gift in a way, even though we say okay, it's it's it, it, invisible gift because the gift itself 
it's about how um, all of us can join hands together and understand each other in a way to learn about ability. So it doesn't have to be a visible gift. Sometimes the invisible gift is more heartwarming. Absolutely beautifully said, James. And I'm so glad the project's come uh, into uh, a realization. And uh, where can we uh, purchase a copy? Can we go onto your website to order it? Yes, yes. Um, we have got um, online link. We we can have like this um, website, um, Rolling Books like okay. You can get a copy from there. And also, we have recently opened three bookshops. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, we're selling at our bookshops. And but eventually, we're trying to like um, distribute the books to other bookshops as well. James, I had so much fun talking to you. I could talk to you all day and continue. I'm afraid we're out of time. I'll put all the link um, on our website and on our Facebook. Facebook page and for our listeners who want to know more about James and his team and his work do go to rollingbooks.hk they have three brand new uh, shops also open so you'll be able to purchase invisible gift which is a wonderful addition for Christmas or any occasion thank you so much James for your time this afternoon thank you take care Merry Christmas to you Merry Christmas to all.